Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, the show that celebrates the the people who are working so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. It's Thursday on this show. I want to welcome our listeners from Jackson and from the Delta and, of course, uh, Super Talk TV. And a lot of people listen to the show on your favorite podcast or watch it on YouTube or Facebook. However you engage in this show, whether it's Super Talk Radio or some other platform, we appreciate you joining us. And, uh, you know, this this is not just a celebration of the people who are working so hard to make this a great place, but it's also a way for us to learn. Um, you know, I love having these deep conversations with people. Someone said, uh, and we've talked about it on the show before, that people have uh, short attention spans, but the fact is a lot of people read a lot, and they, they want shows like this where they can learn more about what it takes to be, in this case, with the conversation we're going to have today, have success in economic development. Where are the economic engines in this state where are they located you know what regions of this state are the are the regions that are that are making when you bring it all together are the, are the engines that drive this state um, it's going to be a very interesting conversation and if you haven't had the opportunity to hear my friend Joe Max Higgins who's the CEO of the Golden Triangle Development Link uh, up in uh, Northwest Mississippi you're going to he's quite a treat he's a very focused guy and he tells you what he's thinking and uh, I love all those aspects about him. So without any further ado, let me welcome my friend Joe Max Higgins back to the show. How you doing, Joe Max? I'm doing fine, Ricky. Thank you. So we'll go, there's a lot to talk about, um, but I think the, probably the best place to start is, as I, as I was just saying just before we started the show, when I follow you, when I pay attention to what's going on in Starkville, West Point, Columbus, the area that you had to say grace over and really beyond that matter, for that matter, because you're creating economic engines for the state, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. Just following you, man, it seems like things are going well up there economically. Yeah, uh, we're really blessed right now uh, and have been for the last, you know, two decades. Things are going well, uh, getting new stuff in, new stuff built, working on additional projects that we think will start probably next year. And uh, it's just a real fun time. It's a busy time, but a real fun time in the Golden Triangle right now. You, uh, you, uh, every time you turn around, I mean, I guess when you're in your business, First of all, having something to sell is really important. I should make that very clear. But um, but when your phone rings, you really never know who's going to be on the other end of that phone, do you? No, that's right. Uh, uh, every day is a new adventure. Uh, we, you know, my wife will ask me sometimes, "What do you got on your calendar today?" And I'll say nothing, and she goes, "Oh my God!" Because the days <laughs> we generally have nothing on the calendar. Uh, uh, all hell breaks loose or, or something will walk in the door that everybody's got to stop, put everything down and get on. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a new world every day. And I, and I tell people, they say, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I, I play Monopoly with real land, real utilities and real railroads. Uh, and some days I'm a lawyer and some days I'm a scientist and some days I'm a surveyor and sometimes I'm a biologist and, and, and sometimes I'm a banker. It's, uh, it's, it's 
if you like a lot of adventure, a lot of new stuff, it's it, it's it's kind of a fun fun gig. Hey, I felt the same way about being a publisher of a newspaper. And uh, just to kind of share a, n- a note with you about that, I would, you know, we would take a hard editorial position, or maybe we wrote a story about something. And I would tell my wife before I went to work that I'm going to get hammered today. I'm, today is the day I'm going to get hammered. And I go to work and my phone doesn't ring and I don't get hammered. And so, okay, another day. It's going to seem, it seems like an easy day for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going in today and we didn't take a hard position and didn't write any stories that I thought were particularly controversial. And suddenly, man, the platform is on fire. <laughs> you just never know, do you? No, you don't. Then speaking of fire, you know, you you once said you and you have it on your desk. I think that you're going to live every day like your ass is on fire. But if you don't live like that in the economic development world, there it is. There's he's holding up a sticker that says "live live every second as if your ass is on fire." In the economic development world, you better do that because if you don't seize the moment, somebody else is going to seize it for you, aren't they? Absolutely, and. Uh... You know, people don't realize that, you know, within minutes or hours, first of all, the quicker you can respond with information and data and get these folks answers, you're, you're setting the stage to saying this is how we do business. Uh, we're not going to get it, mess around. I, t- I tell my staff, I say, I want you to always be conscious of one thing. Days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And before you know it, you've been screwing around with something for months. It should have taken place in, in, in just days. And I think our speed in which we provide information, deal with issues, get get answers, get things done is probably a big part of why we succeeded. Hey, so if you look around the state, because I should point out real quickly that you're not just competing with other regions of the state. You're competing with other regions, not just in the U.S., but maybe in some cases around the world. I mean, you just never know where your competitors are coming to. Or you don't always know what the business calculus that some of the, for example, an international company is making. But the reality is, let's just stay inside Mississippi for a second. The fact that you guys have taken sort of a regional approach to economic development, you don't have any competitors in the Starkville West. Point Columbus region. You you are the economic development uh, agency for that group. Do you feel like you're a little bit? I, I know there's some other uh, parts of the state where they've taken a bit of a regional approach, but there are a lot that are taking county approaches. In some cases, take, taking city approaches. Do you think you have a bit of a competitive advantage of those that aren't thinking regionally? Yeah, I do. And and Ricky, you know, when I came here, I was not I was not a regional guy. I just wasn't. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Dan Camp, the former mayor of Starkville, he and I would have fun uh, poking at each other back and forth. And, you know, I'd tell him, I'm going to tear your head off. And, and uh, you know, the way you win is kill everybody, and, and including the guy that lives next door to you. And, uh, you know, that we did that for about the first 10 years. You know, we, we, we viewed everybody, including Starkville and West Point, as our competitors and, 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 and did that. Then we put the three counties together, and it started coming, you know, it started coming to light for me a little bit. Uh, each community has something different. The sites are different. The communities are different. The opportunities are different. And instead of somebody coming in and locating in Lowndes County and just us putting pressure on them to live in Lowndes County, now when somebody comes in, their plant can be located in West Point and they can live in Starkville or they can live in Old Waverly or, or the plant can be in, in West Point and they can live in, in Columbus. So it gives us more opportunities. It also gives us more resources because each of the counties contribute to the pot of money 
to pay for the pay for the organization to run its programs. And three counties can pay more than one county can. And in this business, the more money you got, more than likely, the more you're going to succeed. There's no, there's no doubt about that. That is for sure. Hey, listen, we will come back to how that might manifest itself in, in sort of the competitive realm here in just a second. But you know, let's let's put your state of Mississippi hat on for a minute, Joe Max. When you look at the state of Mississippi. How do you know, some people? Some people say there are seven regions. Some say there are four regions. I mean, people look at it in different ways. But from an economic development point of view, how many regions do you see in this state? Economically, that win, that that compete. Is that what you're asking? Maybe yes. Asking? Uh, I'm going to say one. I'm going to say two. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say four. I'm going to say six. And what are? Tell me what they are. Okay, so, uh, and, I, and and again, don't get don't give me any. You know, I'm an Arkansas native, so don't give me in my geography. Uh, okay. uh, the six coast, the six coast counties. Yeah. Okay, three and three. Uh, I've got uh, the Hattiesburg area and, and Hattiesburg and Laurel; those three counties. Yeah. Uh, I've got got uh, uh, Jackson, the central area. Got Rankin, Hines, and uh, Madison. Golden Triangle got us; our three counties: uh, Lowndes, Clay, and Octavia Hall. Uh, DeSoto, Marshall, and Tunica, and then uh, Tupelo and Batesville. Yes. Okay. So look, here's here's the that's a that's a good way to kind of break it down. Yeah. Uh, each having and look, Rick. Yeah. I know I didn't include the whole state. You asked you asked me the question, how do I see it and what do I see it? And I think if you look at the the facts and the figures and the numbers of where deals are going, I yeah. just I just covered about ninety percent of the deals. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think you did too. So, um, so let's you know you once actually said about the coast, for example, because again, this is this this show is has listeners from across Mississippi now. But once you once said about the coast that it, if it could get its six county act together, it'd be the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. Um, just set that aside for a second. We can certainly come back and talk a little bit more about that. But what's important is that you think about the economic activity that's happening here, the, the blue chip industries that are part of Stennis. And Ingles and Chevron on one other on the other side, and the, uh, the you know hospitality and the casino industry and and good lord, what else is going on here? But the the coast economy is critical to the state of Mississippi, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, and, and, and from yeah. a whole lot of different sectors, like the gaming and like the shipbuilding, like the like the like the aerospace stuff. It's um, and I and I stand by that, Ricky. Those those, those six counties get together. Uh, pool their resources, get a, get a get a game plan, get a team, develop sites. Um, that that that'd be a fun, fun, fun place. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, look, uh, from from an economic development point of view. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue sort of this part of the conversation as it relates to the economic engines in Mississippi and why we better pay attention to them. That's the key to success for our state. And then we'll kind of branch off into other things. What's critical in terms of what Joe Max brings to the table when he's trying to develop a winning proposal for a large company that may be wanting to locate some aspect of their company in the Golden Triangle. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with CEO of the Golden Triangle Development Link, my friend Joe Max Higgins. We'll see you after this.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show, and I have my friend Joe Max Higgins, who is the CEO of the Golden Triangle Development Link, which is essentially the economic development arm for that part of the state. And, uh, you know, just so you have a better feel for this, for people who may not understand the significance of the economic development effort that exists in that part of the, of the state, because a lot of their work, if you're not really paying attention to the statewide news, a lot of their work might be a little bit out of sight, out of mind. But, man, they've made some big headlines over the years. So why don't you, Joe Max, give people a sense of how significant your success has been over the past many years. Well, Ricky, the, the link was, was created in 2003. Um, it's 2020, 2023 now, so we're 20 years old. Uh, in the last 20 years, we've secured over $10 billion uh, worth of investments in, in our service territory. Uh, and about 10,000 jobs. Um, those jobs are largely extremely high-paying jobs, you know, well over the state average, in some cases double and triple the state average. Uh, the uh, steel mills, $120,000 a year, plus, plus. Um, you know, so we rec- and we recruited big-time companies like Pat Carr, which is Peterbilt Kenworth's parent company, uh, Yokohama, uh, Steel Dynamics, Aluminum Dynamics, Airbus. Airbus just... Last week, just celebrated their 20th anniversary. We had a big soiree out there, and uh, we've been building helicopters in the Golden Triangle for 20 years now. So uh, a lot of blue-chip companies, high-end companies, uh, big wages, big CapEx uh, 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 investments, a lot of tax dollars to the local governments on those things, the so schools and the, and, the, and the communities. So uh, all in all, it's been a, it's been a, a big run. Uh, we get a lot of national recognition for some of the things that we've done and, and uh, you know, on a routine basis, probably bi-monthly, we'll have somebody from out of state come in here and want to spend the day with us to see how we do, what we do, and and try to get some pointers on how they can take that back and make it transferable. Hey, Joe Max, you, you, you've, we've talked a little bit about this before, but when you have success, big success, it, it tends to create more success because you're bringing skill sets into the market. You, you're creating more opportunities for people to, to, to move there. Um, and company, it's sort of like somebody said, you know, if, if you open a McDonald's next to a Burger King, is that going to hurt the business? Actually, both of them are going to do quite well. But economic development is kind of like that. You want a lot of success, and with that success, grows. it creates more success, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and, and I told this story at the Airbus deal the other day. Some of us were sitting around reliving the olden days. And and uh, after Airbus came, it was Eurocopter time. After after Eurocopter came and Packard came, we hosted a company that was looking at us, and they were headquartered in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And when we went out to the industrial park, started looking at sites, the CEO was a woman. Uh, uh, Sandra said, I don't need to see any more. Uh, I just want to go look at my site now. And I said, okay, is there, is, did we answer all your questions? She said, you have Eurocopter and Patcar here, and if your community is good enough for them, it's more than good enough for us. Wow. So, I mean, what is that? Is that not a great st- statement? You know, you well, and I. And, both, and look, both those companies were in the DFW area. You know, one's yeah. in Denton, one's in, in Fort Worth. And, and she knew them and knew the quality of the companies. And, and you know, if, 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 you can, if you can meet their needs, you can meet my needs. 
Well, you know, in the first in the first visit you and I had on my show now, uh, probably nearly two years ago, we, I think it was Yokohama. We talked about it. Is that the is that the uh, sixty minutes piece that was done? Was it Yokohama? They they did a sixty minute piece on Yokohama, but the the main story there was there was, there was two, two two shows. One was on Yokohama. The other one was on just us in general putting the mega sites together, how we do what we do. But yeah, they did a whole standalone deal on Yokohama, and then but that's not the one that aired on the show. The one that aired on the show was about us overall. Yeah, I, I remember that 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 picture of. Uh of uh, Phil Bryan uh, in that ATV loaded with uh, executives, you know, going across that field uh, that was, you know, sort of part of their promotional. And I I actually remember the story of, uh, I think, weren't you supposed to be the one driving that ATV? We we, we had everything literally script uh, of who does what. And if, if you'll look back at that movie, there's a guy riding in the quail seat on one of those. Everybody's got their suits on. But that was at the time, if you remember when Senator Wicker, uh, somebody was uh, uh, sent him a package that they thought had, you know, poison in it. I can't remember what it was at the time. But but Senator Wicker had a Secret Service person assigned to him on his wing. And he wanted to go out there. So that guy hopped on the back. But Brent Christensen, the state director, was supposed to drive that that uh, 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 side-by-side. I was driving one, and I had the route, and I, and everybody was to follow me. Uh, Governor Bryant hopped it, told Brent, slide over, hopped in there, turned it on, took off, and after that, it was just follow, follow him wherever he went. <laughs> oh, well, hey, that just goes to show you got to be willing to turn on a dime, don't you, buddy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So you know, but the, you know the thing—the thing that was cool about that story—and and for people who don't know this, that you know your work, even in doing case studies for Harvard, um, has been this whole notion of creating a culture of winning. This notion where there's a will, there's a way, and 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 just that's the approach, and that's always going to be the approach. And and when you take that approach, I mean, any business—I don't care if you're in economic development or running a radio station or whatever business you're in—if you take the the point of view that we're going to develop a winning culture we're going to we're, we're winning's the only explanation the only outcome that we that we're pushing for and we're going to have a will even when it seems impossible we're going to we're going to find a way to make it happen that's the way to win isn't it my friend yeah and and and, and ricky here's something everybody should note we started in 2003 and we sat down with our team and the biggest employer in Lowndes county made toilet seats i want to Want everybody to remind to know that they made toilet seats. They're not in business anymore. Um, we sat down and said, "Okay, where do we see ourselves in five years, in ten years, and in twenty years?" And we started setting some goals. And we said, by the year twenty twenty, we wanted to be at ten billion dollars in capex and and eight thousand jobs high paying jobs created now who in their right mind in a town in a region that had had the success or lack thereof sets those kind of aspirational goals and publicly states them okay um that's pretty ballsy uh and but but let's say 
let's say this before you before you continue on there. Let me let's say you, let's really bring clarity to this that you you know, previously told me that you guys have been paralyzed by uh, you know constant economic bad news that there's been a decline in the region. There had been really no reason to be so aspirational. You had everything working against you when you started. Yeah, but what? But 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 I don't think what everybody realized is we had Tennessee Valley Authority Power, we had the Ten Time Waterway, we had Mississippi State, uh, we had uh, uh, better than adequate highways, uh, and we had a lot. We had a lot more things going for us. I, I told him, I said, guys, I said, if God could give it to you or man could build it, you're in better shape than most places I've ever been. Okay, so the bones were there. We had six railroads, four class ones. Okay. Um, a lot of communities don't have any, so so we set those aspirational goals. But that's like that's like the team that can't ever win any football game, saying we're going to win the national championship this year. It, 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 it doesn't fit if you don't put the oomph behind it. So we put the financial resources behind it. We put the staffing resources behind it. We started telling our story about who we were, and probably the thing that 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 sent us over the edge was the TBA Megasite program. And when we got the first ever certified TVA mega site program or site certified, that changed our world. Uh, it, shortly thereafter, uh, the steel mill came. We did another mega site. Uh, Pat Car came. We did another mega site. Yokohama came. Uh, we did a fourth mega site. And now the aluminum mill is going on. It expanded. And we're in the process of developing the Cinco. That's five in Spanish. Cinco megasite, fifteen hundred acres right now. So it wasn't just setting the goal, but it was recognizing that you had to have qualified staff, you had to have enough resources to run the program, you had to have a dedication, you had to show up every day, meet working towards working towards the goal, and there being an expectation and accountability for everything. Yeah, and uh, we changed the culture for sure, for sure. Now it's a daily battle. Uh, we have backsliding, and every so often we got to come in and say, hey, we're backsliding the way we used to do it. We can't do that. Everybody remember that, and we get it back on the track. Hey, listen, uh, we'll, we'll come, I'll evolve in this question to this notion of what a mega site is so that you know, the average listener who's not heard that phrase before can understand the significance of it. But I remember once uh, I was on the board of directors for uh, the Coast Chamber, and we went to Charlotte, North Carolina to meet with a planner, um, a really significant planner. And we, what he did was he put up a map of the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And he said, this is the way he started the conversation. He said, I, t- I tell you, I, we're, at the end of the, we're at the end of this segment. I'll pick it up right there on the other side. What did he do when he stood up at the map? What are the things that he looked at? And then you'll, you can transition off of that and talk about mega sites and the bones that you spoke of that are critical to economic development. When we continue our conversation with Joe Max Higgins from the Golden Triangle, we'll see you after this. Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1.
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. And uh, again, welcome our visitors from uh, Jackson and the Delta and across the state on Sun Herald. Excuse me, Sun Herald. Listen to me. Super Talk TV. Uh, as a former Sun Herald uh, publisher, sometimes that slips in every now and then. But anyway, the, the reality is, as we went to the break, we we're talking about mega sites and uh, the bones that make a community. And we'll talk specifically about those bones that has to do with infrastructure and whatever. And I was mentioning that uh, a couple of board members and I flew up to Charlotte, uh, North Carolina to meet with a urban planner. And one of the first things he did is he walked up to this map. And this is this is the way it was short and sweet, but it was powerful. And what he said was, <clears throat> okay, you got a port and you got rail and you got interstate highways and you got shipbuilding over here. And he started kind of breaking it all down. And he said, guys, you're, you're sitting on a gold mine. And he said, these are the things I look for. And, you know, I don't need to know much else. You know, now let's talk about where available land is. And then, he, you know, we started having that conversation. Um, but that's that's the infrastructure, the bones you talk about that enable you to sort of begin to position. And, well, you, and you can describe a mega site and what makes a mega site. But that proving that is the key to your success, isn't it? It, ha it has been for us, Ricky. And, and you know, uh, I tell people when we compete on these big projects, our, our chances of winning are pretty high. Uh, when we're competing on a 20 or $15 million deal, and we probably bat 250 or 300. We're, we're good, but we're not, we're not going to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but the Megasite program has changed us. We do big well. Um, you know, I've got peers that, you know, say, well, I want to do the fishbowl economy. I want to put a, a tropical fish in and nurture it till it grows and start a small company with one and create it into five or six jobs. And, and that's that's grassroots. And that and that's that's OK. Uh, but in a state that's last in everything good and, and, and first in everything bad, I think the way you meaningfully make these changes is, is in a big way. Uh, I've got friends that say I'd rather have five. I'd rather have ten industries that employ fifty each, as one that employs five hundred. Well, I will tell you, go get one that employs five hundred, and you'll get ten that employ fifty. It's 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 that's kind of the way it works. But the mega site yeah. program, TVA invented this. Now a lot of utilities and, and states have started kind of shovel ready. You know, Entergy certified, uh, uh, Alabama Power certified. They they've all got these 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 certified sites now. But they started it. And they hired a consult. They interviewed national consultants and hired one to write the program. And it's, you know, it's fifteen hundred acres. Uh, at least a thousand of it's got to be developable. It's got to have rail. They prefer for you to have class one. They prefer to be two railroads. Uh, you got to have adequate power, adequate water, adequate sewer. You got to control the site, own it, or have it under option. If the utilities aren't in place, plans and specifications have to be done so it can be done very quickly. And what it does, it separates the men from the boys. Uh, TVA is 80,000 square miles, set all or parts of seven states, 80,000 square miles. Uh, I think there are nine certified mega sites in the valley, uh, and we are fixing to do our uh, 10, I should say, and, we're, and, and, and we have four of them, and we're fixing to do our fifth. So, so Tupelo has one. Uh, Chattanooga has one. Huntsville has one. You get the picture. Yeah. Uh, we've got a bunch. Well, what I tell you, what it does is that you know, w w when you're talking about a big project, the time it gets from 
we're going to do this project to the time they start actually turning the dirt over. They're they're a boogeyman that can pop up all over the place and and, and delay things. And and by doing doing it this part, this pre certification approach is to try to streamline the process, isn't it? Correct. Correct. And 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 the best example I can give you is what's happening in aluminum dynamics right now. Is uh, you know they we had a special session what in November. Uh, we had the uh, ceremonial groundbreaking in March. Uh, I just got new aerial photographs. We take photographs every week. I just got them in right before the show started. I looked at some of them. Uh, uh, having that site under ownership and, and the things done that we've done, they have all they have already moved three million yards of dirt. Uh, they they already have at least twenty five to. Uh, probably 30% of their superstructure on their largest building that is three-quarters of a mile long already in the air. Uh, and the speed to market that these guys are going to the, the advantage that we offered them is that we had all that stuff in place. And the second and third place sites didn't. The second place site wasn't even under control by the entity, by the economic development entity. They, they had it working. They were working out, but they were getting it under control with the owners, pricing, all those kind of things, and we had all that done. Yeah. Gosh, and that, you know, that while you can get it done, it can get so messy, and so it can get, you know, drugged through courts, and that can really ultimately, that and environmental issues can really ultimately slow it down considerably, can it? Correct. Correct. And if you look at how much money these things make every day that they're not in operation, that's lost revenue. You know, and these are publicly traded companies. They've got stockholders. They're watching, you know, and it's uh, uh, nobody. Ricky, nobody likes risk. Nobody. I hear you. I listen. So if you think about if you think about the role that you're playing and the, the Golden Triangle is playing, and then you kind of assess without going specifically to a region and saying they get a C or a D or an F. How does it all add up for Mississippi? How, how do you think Mississippi's doing on maybe a scale of one to ten, and and with you know with some small adjustments in our approach, what could it be? Well, uh, with some with some small adjustments our approach, I think you could be you could be a you could be a seven and a half or eight real easy, real easy. Uh, but again, uh, uh, it, 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 there's a lot of things that go into consideration. This first of all. You got to have the resources to do it. Okay, you got to have some some group that 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 takes it on and 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 does it. Yes, state incentives are important, but but I will tell you that to win, most of the things that have to be done for us to win have to be done at a local level, and that requires local leadership, elected officials understanding what the deal is, and 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 understanding where their niche is. You know, years ago, there was a guy named Vaughn Grisham that would go around and charge $1,500, and he would give a speech about the Tupelo story. And he said, this is how you do it. You know, they do, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Well, you know, I listened to him speak one time, and I thought, you know, he's trying to tell you how to bake bread, but he's got a recipe, but that's not the only recipe. Uh, yeah. Each town has to figure out what works for them. Everybody in this state can't get ten billion dollars in investment, okay? But they can get they can get some good solid deals. But they've got to have sites, they got to have buildings ready, uh, either speculative buildings or, or vacant buildings that are suitable to, to do that. Uh, and they've got to want to do it. 
Um, uh, everybody hangs their hat on you know, the workforce, workforce, workforce. You know, I fear, and I told some of my peers this the other day, I fear that the educational bureaucrats have now infiltrated a workforce to where it'll just be that 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 dome of nothingness. Okay, um, just 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 act. Zig Ziglar says accusing activity with accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and 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 sadly, that's what happens in our realm. Uh, when somebody wants a project to happen, they said it's economic development. It gets overused, it gets oversold, and it gets abused. Uh, one of my friends is a consultant, and he came in and did some work with us the other day. And he play, made my guys play a game, is it economic development or economic de- uh, activity? And I told him, I said, you need to change your phrase. You need to say, is it economic development or is it community development? Now, community yeah. development is very, very important in economic development. Yes. But, but, but having a walking trail going through your, your town is not economic development. It's community development. Yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think if we would understand the difference and understand that at a big level. But, 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 but let me tell you. Nothing, nothing we do it, it, that I see even helps us doing that. So when the economic developers uh, uh, go to their annual conference, um, we'll have the governor come speak. We'll have the lieutenant governor come speak. We'll have the secretary of state come speak. We'll have the attorney general come speak. And, and, and very little, if any, grassroots, grassroots training on the basic blocking and tackling of what we need to do. Yeah, and, and and I think that's where we're missing it. I asked three economic developers that have been in the business five years or more the other day to tell me how much tax would be due on a twenty-five million dollar project, and I gave them a millage rate for a city and a county and a school. Said, figure it up. Five F's, five F's. They don't know how to calculate tax. How can you play if you don't know basics? How many square feet are in an acre? How many how many feet are uh, 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 in a mile? You know, rules of thumb about asphalt, rules of thumb about dirt. Work. I mean, just just general walking around stuff. But yet, have something on workforce, and it'll be full. And educational bureaucrats will be saying, "We've got this ecosystem, or we've got you know." And that's what they call them. I said, not zones, not districts, ecosystems. And and I and I and I worry that we're going to spend a lot of time and money. Throwing it at that, and the basics are, are not. Hey, your your point is well taken. Uh, I have I have a comment I'll make about the community or junior college system in Mississippi, and and also um, this notion of community development. How how really this sense of place that people want to, they want to come to a place they want to live in. That's actually yep. a really critical dimension of of success with economic development. We'll talk about that, and also I got a question about health care and how much of an issue that is, given that Mississippi's has some challenges in health. We'll continue our conversation with Joe Max Higgins, CEO of the Golden Triangle Development Group, after after this. to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Joe Max Higgins from the Golden Triangle. He's an economic development expert who, uh, who you know gives lectures at Harvard of all places. Been featured on 60 Minutes, and the list goes on and on. Hey, when we went to break there, let me one quick comment about about uh, workforce development is you know, if you look at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, one of the things that just absolutely blows my mind is that they've listened well to their industrial and other business partners, and now over 50 percent of the students at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College are in non-traditional education and workforce development stuff. That is a really good trend in Mississippi for the most part, isn't it? Oh, heck yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to have that. I met with our coordinator yesterday. We're not even nearly close to that. So, yes, that would uh, uh, kudos to them. Yeah, it is. It is incredible. The other thing that I talk about a lot on on the show on the coast is is the issue of building the kind of communities where people want to live. And so you've got chamber roles of change in coastal Mississippi. They're involved in grant writing and working with mayors to to help with uh, you know creating historic tax credits or whatever it takes to incre- to increase the amount of development downtowns. You see, mixed use is becoming a big part of the conversation as well. But you know, th- the truth is that people who might work for any of the industry that you're that you're attracting to your area the people who are going to move here with them are probably even more interested in the sense of place they're going to be part of than they used to be do you find that absolutely and 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 we just had we just had a new general manager come at one of our top tier plants uh 13 year old two college daughters 13 year old son and a, and a wife and these guys coming in now, they go online and look at houses. They know what five, six houses they want to look at. They're already looked at the school report cards to see what the grades are, what the, that is. Uh, they've looked at crime maps. They do a lot of homework, and they make their decisions based on those things. Other I things, get it. Other things, too, but, but, the, but yeah. those are three examples. You know, I know that one of the things that when you have a consultant that calls you representing a company, one of the things they're really looking into is the healthcare system. And we don't have time to break it all down right now. But the reality is that Mississippi, 51% of Mississippians live in rural areas. I'm conservative. My politics are conservative. But a number of Republican states have actually accepted Medicaid expansion. I don't think Medicaid expansion is the solution to Mississippi. We've got to re-engineer the healthcare system so we understand tight integration between the triage facilities and and the uh, trauma facilities. We need to understand that link. We don't need as many hospitals as we have and so on. But we're saying no to a billion dollars a year at the same time. And and it used to be that that money was going to go away, but there's no sign the money's going to go away. Where do, where do you stand on that, on that conversation? Well, I, I mean, I, I really think everybody's got to be up to the table and, 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 and come with an open mind. I, I think I think we're probably at the point where, where it's going to have to be done. It's going to have to be explored. Uh, uh, because there's too much at risk. Uh, you know, we're having hospitals closing or at risk of closing, uh, and, and it's okay as long as it's not your hospital, but when that stuff starts happening around, it's going to have an overall negative impact on our state. And so I, I think it's some. I don't know all the answers, Ricky. I, I know there's pros and there's cons, but I think smart people need to sit around the table with a we're going to get this figured out and put everything on the table for discussion and do what's best for the people that live here. Yeah, I think, you know, you think about access to health care, increasing the access to health care. Right now, the access is going down. You think about improving health outcomes. The health outcomes are not acceptable in Mississippi right now. There are economic benefits or financial benefits to hospital. And again, I don't know all the answers either. I've read a lot about it. I have uh, seen what happened in Louisiana after they accepted Medicaid in, in, uh, in Louisiana. I've looked at the other 
states, the other Republican states, in fact, that have accepted it. The reality is a state like Mississippi with so many working poor and so many of our citizens living in rural areas. I spend a lot of time in the Mississippi Delta. I have a place up there. Uh, I don't like the scenario right now if one of my family members were to get into, into an accident. I don't like the situation that exists there right now as it relates to emergency care and, and access to trauma centers and all that. What I think we got to do is just like Hurricane Katrina when Governor Barber brought everybody together and we had a we had a non-political bipartisan conversation about how we work together to rebuild this community. I think the same kind of thing has happened. Hey, Katrina has hit our healthcare industry. It's slow. It's slow moving. But but the results of that are undeniable. And we've got to come together in a non-political way. Quit making certain things the boogeyman and come together and let's write a plan for Mississippi because it's going to become an indetriment to you in your economic development efforts and probably are to some others regions of our state from an economic development point of view. Yeah, and Ricky, I was talking to one of my friends the other day that's, that's, that's about this issue, and he said, we need to do this because we're going to try, we're trying to bring new people in, and, and we need to do this to help recruit industry. And I said, yeah, but you know what? You really need to do it for the people that already live here. You yeah. know, it we'll take as an attitude to make our places be the best place for the people that live here, if we make the best place for the people that live here, it'll be good enough for the people that are wanting to come here. You understand yeah. that? Yeah, I and get it. I get it's it. It's not just health care. It's, it's everything. It's every deal you have to deal with. And I think that's one of the reasons so far we've been lucky enough is, is in Lowndes County, I had a diehard Republican supervisor. I had a diehard Democratic supervisor. I brought him in when I got here and I said, guys, economic development can't be a political football. If we're going to win, you both got to be on board with this. And when I brief them and bring them in and talk to them, I bring them in together and they have never had a crossword in here about any deal we've ever done. They've given info, they've given they've given advice and they and we've changed some stuff, but uh Working like that, you can get things done. I think that's what we need to do in Mississippi. We've done it before on many issues, and we can do it again. Listen, Joe Max Higgins, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. We'll have you back more regularly, my friend. Okay, thank you. Keep up thank the good lot. work. Keep, keep keep swinging for Mississippi. This has been Joe Max Higgins from the Golden Triangle. Have a great day. Okay, thank you, buddy. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.